Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are listening to Wild Oak Living, the program about living, working, and having fun sustainably in Mendocino County and beyond. And it comes to you every other Thursday from 9 until 10 a.m. If you have any feedback or questions or suggestions about this program, please email me. This is Johanna Wild Oak at contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. Today, we have a very special program uh, lined up for you. It's actually the first part of a two-part series that I've decided to do on, on rather short notice um, at the invitation uh, of our program director and some members of our community uh, because of the big surge that we are seeing in, in the COVID pandemic, both locally and around the world. We're going to be talking about some inspiring efforts that a, a, a many people uh, are working on uh, as part of a, a program called uh, uh, Mask Awareness Mendocino, Mask Up Mendocino, and uh, it's it's a it's a mini grant program uh, that we're going to hear about that uh, is giving out uh, mask making supplies and and funds to a lot of groups around the county to help get the word out about mask wearing and about generally just being aware of, you know, of the risks and dealing with the risks of COVID-19. So we're going to be hearing about that from uh, Lucy Kramer, who's the uh, program manager at the Nor at North Coast Opportunities for this uh, mini grant program. We're also going to be joined by Ignacio Ayala, who is um, with an, with an organization, um, called um, Vecinos in, in Acción, uh, UVA. Uh, they are one of the fund recipients and they're doing a, a project connecting with the Latinx community about wearing masks, about disaster preparedness, and they're also handing out masks. So Ignacio is going to tell us about that. We're going to be also hopefully joined uh, by Annie Liner from the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. We're still waiting for her to join us this morning uh, and I'm hoping she'll be here soon. And we're also going to be joined by Savannah Gibson, who is um, uh, at KZYX, and she's also uh, she is uh, implementing the uh, mini grant that KZYX received uh, in terms of uh, our role in the media to help get the word out. And Savannah is going to be talking about some of the programs that she has uh, is organizing at KZYX. You've probably heard her uh, public service announcement directed towards young people. Uh, that is, is, is a really fun and inspiring and creative uh, piece of radio work that I enjoy listening to. So I would like to um, welcome all of you. <laughs> and, the, and the dog in the background is my dog, is my border collie who barks at clouds. And so <laughs> that's what you're hearing now. I'm going to try and keep her as, I'm going to try and keep her as calm as possible. So um, let's start out just um, sharing in, in general. In, oh, and uh, I also wanted to sh uh, tell you that um, assuming Annie Liner will join us, in, uh, after we talk about the mask project, we're also going to be talking in more detail about some of the uh, other inspiring projects that the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund has going on. They uh, have been working for 28 years to support children and and families in our community with uh with so many in, in so many different areas of needs and hopefully annie will join us to talk about that as 
well. And I'm also going to be sharing with you some inspiring information from the Mendocino Community Fund Foundation. They have set up a COVID-19 relief fund and various other programs to help individuals, nonprofits, and small businesses in our community get through this COVID-19 pandemic. And I will be sharing some really inspiring information with you uh, about that at the uh, towards the end of the program. So please stay tuned for the hour. We're going to have lots of good information for you. And let's start out uh, by welcoming uh, Lucy Kramer uh, from uh, North Coast uh, Opportunities Community Wellness. And she's going to tell us, Lucy, welcome to Wild Earth Living. Hi, thank you so much, Johanna. Um, I'm really glad to be here. And I also have a a dog in the background who's grunting for some reason. She may start barking at, at some point, hopefully. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's part of the Zoom world these days, you know, so. Yeah, and um, yeah, thank you so much for the introduction and I'll just. Um, yeah, you know. tell us about the program. How did it get started? You know, about some of the, about the, there's a long list of grants recipients, which I also have here that I can share, but, but primarily I would like you to talk about, you know, how the program got started, who's, who's involved and, and what have people been, been doing so far. And while you talk, I'm going to put myself on mute so, so you won't hear my barking dog. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, so um, the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities was established in August of 2020. You know, of course, we're a, we're a new program. None of us expected to be in a global pandemic, um, and, and now we are, as we all know. Um, so we have a, a contract from Mendocino County um, to be doing... Um, COVID prevention, education, um, awareness, outreach. Um, and we are, our contract is designed to serve those in our county who are most vulnerable to contracting and spreading COVID-19 and also those most likely to be impacted um, both physically and financially by the virus. So our work is really tailored. Show me. Um, sorry, my dog is like, Anyway, <laughs> so our work is really tailored to um, be reaching tribal communities, um, people under the age of 34 who are contracting the virus at higher rates, um, people living in poverty who are more likely to, to have long-term financial implications from, um, from contracting COVID. Um, and then, of course, of course, um, our Latinx community members um, who are being hit um, you know, they represent 60% of the cases um, in Mendocino County. And um, in California, if, if you are Latino or Hispanic, you're, you're three times more likely to, to die from COVID-19 than, than someone who is, um, is white or, or non-Latino, which, um, so, you know, I kind of want to let that just sit in because it's um, dramatic. Um, yeah, and and I I would like to talk a bit about some of the reasons for that because I I don't think I don't think it's it's necessarily clear to everyone why that is so. I'm wondering if you could share a bit about that. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up because I do think that um, there is this so risk mitigation strategies, wearing your mask, socially distancing, um, you know, and sanitizing. Like those things are. Are so important you know we should all be practicing them as much as we can when it's reasonable and and also there are certain risks that we just can't mitigate in the short term you know things like you can't change your income level 
um, just because there's a pandemic. We wish we could, <laughs> but uh, that's just not something that we can do. There's a connection between poverty and um, and being hurt or hit by the pandemic. Um, also, you can't change your household size automatically. There are some programs for people to um, get out of their household to to isolate effectively, but if you live in a in a large household, especially in an intergenerational household, as um, as many as more Latino people do, um, you're you're going to be at higher risk of contracting COVID. Um, and then also, especially for our undocumented um, neighbors, they're you know they've been systemically left out of of labor protections. And so you know if you start to to feel sick and and you want to have some paid time off that's that's not going to be available for you if you know if say you're you're a farm worker and you're undocumented and, and you just don't have those protections um so there's been you know kind of this this mess of extra risks that um that our latino community members um are subjected to and um it one of the you know, one of the things that I think so many of us are reminded of throughout this pandemic and really every time there's a crisis is just that um, that, that risks from crises are not equally distributed through our community. And more often than not, pretty much uh, every time there's a crisis, um, impoverished people and people of color are, are hit harder and it's due to these, you know, systemic inequalities and injustices and, um, you know, distribution of wealth that's uh, not, you know, equal. Um, so I want to point that out because, you know, our project really is encouraging individual responsibility. Um, and I want to make sure that we're not um, shaming someone for getting COVID. And I've heard some really disconcerting narratives about like, oh, you know, I'm quoting here, but like, oh, Latino people got, you know, have it so much more, it must be because they don't care or they aren't following protocol. And um, I just want to be really clear that that's not um, the case. Um, and, you know, wearing your mask, those of us who can, you know, can mitigate our risk to a higher degree by wearing your mask and, and avoiding gatherings and sanitizing. Like um, it makes every difference for those who have certain risks that they can't mitigate. Um, so, just yeah, if you're an essential if you're an essential worker or an essential income provider for your family, and you have to work in an environment where people aren't especially careful, and then you have to come home, uh, you know, to a family that and live in a in perhaps a small place because that's all you can afford in our, in our expensive County with, with so few, you know, rental opportunities. Um, it's not a surprise, you know, I mean, you, you can, you try as you might, you can do your best effort and do everything right and still get sick. Yeah. 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 There definitely is a luck of the draw component. Um, and and it's also, you know, wearing your mask is still important regardless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. Um, oh, good. Annie's here. Yeah. <laughs> Annie, Annie Liner has joined us. Welcome. So, uh, Lucy, is, Lucy, is telling us, uh, Lucy is telling us about the program now. And we're, we're, we're currently talking about why 
it's hitting the uh, Latinx community especially hard. So w welcome, Annie. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're, you're on mute. You're on mute. Um, so I'll just uh, finish up. Yes, go, go ahead. And can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, yes, I can hear you now. <laughs> the, 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 three, the six most common words, you're on mute. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, okay. <laughs> so um, our program, the Mask Awareness Project, the cornerstone of our pro of our program is this this mini grant uh, program where we've invested more more than eighty thousand dollars into grassroots organizations um, like the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund and Kaya Vecinos and Acción, um, and then we are and we invested in fifteen different. Um, organizations throughout Mendocino County that are both geographically dispersed. So we have representation across the whole county and they're also um, diverse in the vulnerable populations that are reached. Some of the organizations are focused on tribal outreach, some on Latino outreach, some on youth outreach, et cetera. Um, so a good spread there. And then um, we may have also seen some of our like in-house education is um, through ambient environment. So We've been distributing um, yard signs and, and banners and newspaper ads, and you may have seen some of our flyers and ads in the, um, in the buses um, throughout Mendocino County um, and handouts. And we also um, have distributed, and we've been on the radio a couple times now, um, and we also um, sent out a direct mailer. Uh, you may have received it. It was um, every every single thing that we distribute is, is always bilingual, English and Spanish. Um, and uh, we have also created a database of some pithy resources that are in English and Spanish that are open sourced. Everyone is welcome to them. Um, and they're hosted through the Healthy Mendocino webpage. It's healthymendocino.org under local projects. Um, and I also, I just want to give a pitch for the People Helping People Project, which is um, also through North Coast Opportunities. They're providing direct financial aid to people who are impacted by COVID-19. And um, people are eligible for that funding, even if they weren't eligible for a stimulus check. Um, so that phone number to apply is 707-467-3210. So anyway, I really want to um, turn over to um, some of our representatives from the from, from the mini grants, Annie and Ignacio. Um, they're doing really incredible work. Thank you so much, Lucy Kramer. Um, and if, I also I also would like would like to do the same. I just want to mention that there are um, I'm like you said there are many organizations that have that have uh, picked up the mini grant and and that are doing mass awareness programs. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Ignacio Ayala and from Annie Liner and from Savannah Gibson today about what they're doing with this mini grant uh, and, and in other areas. And I want to just let everyone know that uh, on, on Wild Oak Living on December 31st, two weeks from today, we're going to continue this uh, little mini series and we're going to be talking with some of the other grant recipients uh, in the program. Uh, we're still working on, on, a, on who's going to participate, but uh, I'm hopeful that there'll be several groups that will showcase what they're doing uh, and uh, give, provide you with information in, in case 
in case you're interested in participating or or supporting. So um, let's go uh, let's go to uh, Ignacio Ayala now. I'd like to uh, welcome you to Wild Earth Living and invite you to talk about what your group is doing. Hey, um, buenos dias. Good morning. Thank you for for inviting us. Um, I I am a part of UVA Yucaya Vecinos en Acción or Ukiah Neighbors in Action, um, our main mission is to inform, engage, and empower the Latino population. UVA envisions in a, in a thriving community with the Latino voice of all levels of leadership. Um, UVA is made up of seven volunteers. And one of the things that I, that I like to brag about is we're all powerhouses. Everybody, all seven of the the volunteers, bragging about myself as well. But we're yeah. all um, in some great levels of the community. Um, most of us work at um, nonprofits or um, work engage with with the Latinos. And not and the funny thing too is Uva doesn't make it isn't just Latinos being a part of Uva, um, but we're we represent the Latino community in Ukiah. Summer Potter Valley and Willits. So I'm hoping to reach more. Um, and I feel like this, the mask awareness um, mini grant really did help. Um, so here's a couple of the things that we are doing and, and plan to do more regarding the uh, mask awareness. Um, so far, what we've done was we distributed 19 boxes of masks, uh, 500 masks per box um, throughout Willits, Ukiah, Point Arena, Anderson Valley and Potter Valley. <laughs> um, we hosted several webinars um, leading up to the election, reaching more than uh, 4,000 community members um, and webinars re uh, regarding emergency preparedness information. Um, we got, we had another grant that um, where we talked to the Latino, the Latino community regarding Disaster preparedness. Um, Están listos was the the name of the the grant and the name of the project. And it was it's like a cert training, except everything was in Spanish regarding um, preparing for for wildfire, uh, what you do in case of any kind of emergency, earthquakes. Um, everything was done through Zoom, um, but we were able to just be able to connect with with the latinos not just about masks because there's so much so much uh, more happening as well sadly um we hosted a community gathering that was titled covid and the Lat and covid within you the latino community and we invited the dr andy corin um christina cruz uh a couple members of the community that talked about how covid19 impacts the Latino community. And that reached more than 11, 1100 people. Um, and it talked about a lot of what Lucy said. Um, it was it was nice hearing someone else restate what Latinos are saying, because it's not like, hey, we're not trying to defend ourselves. It's it's really happening. And, and our households are a lot bigger for um, the number of, of rooms in the house, um, people, because Latinos, I feel like we, um, we're always a big family. <laughs> we're there's very family oriented. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was nice to hear exactly what, what Lucy said. And that's one thing that we talked about in one of those, those meetings. Um, 
w- one of the things that we're also doing right now is um, we're consulting when, with the NTO awareness project to provide translation assistance when needed. Um, and we're giving advice to some of the other um, NCO mask awareness um, project grantees who just need to be able to target those Latinos. Um, since the seven members of UVA really are connected with the community, right now pe- more people are trying to um, connect with us on, hey, Nacho, how, hey, Lydia, how could you guys send this out? Sure. Um, just because we're we're get, getting more known now around the community, and you um, have the communic, you've established the communication channels. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And now we feel like we um, people trust us a little bit more as well. That was the yeah. the one thing too. With as Lucy said, um, some speaking for myself, not all. It's hard for some Latinos to just to trust only because they they're here illegally or they just they they're sheltered in their house or they're they come to ukiah just to work and then they don't want help <laughs> um so now i feel like we reached a level within our community where they they're able to reach out for help and and communicate with us and just um and not be afraid to again to get assistance when needed um and i know uva now we're we're trying to be that connection um one of the things that we hope to um to do so these are things we've done so far um we want to expand our project a little bit more and record um videos like just videos in spanish regarding what the purple tier is like some like right now i mean there's a lot of material out there in spanish and english um regarding what the what things are what tiers mean but my mom for example she she could read in spanish but she went to like fourth grade and you know so not not all latinos are are great at, at being able to to read uh, their kids are translating for the parents where if you know ignacio able- i want i i want to tell you that it's not just that it's it's the fact that it's constantly changing and it's extremely confusing yeah yeah right so we, yes <laughs> so we want to um expand our project to um film film make a couple of videos regarding the you know an example of social distancing and ex- um bullet points of what the purple tier is um you want to consult with bi- business owners um to help them and be able to just help keep businesses alive there's a lot of small bis- uh, Latino businesses, and not just lat- Latino businesses, but there's l- a lot of small businesses right now who just need that extra. Hey guys, you guys know guidelines are going to change next next week. Um, this is what you need. What what do you need Uva to help you guys with? So we want to uh, be able to um, con- consult s- small businesses who sometimes don't even know that there's new protocols coming into place. Um, just because it's hard to reach everybody. Um, and we want to continue, obviously, to distribute masks and be, be that example for for the community. And if, if there's people listening now who are inspired by your mission and would like to help you in some way, either by supporting you or, or by joining you mm-hmm. uh, or by helping you with outreach, uh, how could get people get in touch with your organization? So we have um, a Facebook page. If you go on, on Facebook and just search for Ukaya Vecinos en Acción, we should come up. And we're also on um, a 
we have a sponsorship of NCO as well. So if you, um, we should be on NCO's website. I know we have a little webpage with NCO and we're, if we're always looking for new, for new members, first of all, but we're also looking just to, um, people to help spread the word out. Um, we are, as Lucy said, we really are a grassroots organization. Um, we, we're all volunteers and little by little we're, we're getting known. Um, and we have real, I mean, Juan Orozco is the vice chair and now he's the first Latino mayor in Ukiah. Um, so we have power leaders, um, and I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of UVA. I'm really, I'm happy to get other support and response from the community. We've been in the, um, Ukiah Daily Journal a couple times. Black Oak did something where they donated, it's like a dollar of each of a certain coffee that people bought, um, to UVA. Um, and I feel like we, we, we're here for the Latinos. We're here for the community. Um, and we just want to make sure that nothing is lost in translation. That's our, our goal as well, is to just be able to, as soon as one thing, if we don't see it in, in Spanish, we'll make it in Spanish if we have to. But the goal is for everybody to have the same information in whatever language they need it and to just get that support they need. Um, and we're connected to a lot of people who can help um, families when they ask us questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ignacia. What what you've been telling us is really inspiring and such a good example of what can happen when volunteers step up and, and just simply say, I'm going to do this. And that's it, it's, it's really wonderful that NCO uh, uh, North Coast Opportunities provided you with, you know, with 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 help and, and was kind of a catalyst to help make some of the things that you're doing happening. But it sounds like Mostly it was you and your your friends' energy yeah. to just move this forward. And it's things that we um, have already, we've been doing this and we can, but NCO just makes it easier for organizations to, yeah. okay, we're always hosting these community meetings. Well, we did in the past community meetings where we would inform the communities on important topics happening. We would feed people that would go and see, um, just join the meeting. We would provide childcare. Um, but now we're getting funding for the future when we're actually opening up. Um, and Lucy has been great with just being able to provide that support. Every time we had a question regarding adapting something to the grant or this is what we have so far, we don't know what we need. No, that's perfect. Just continue doing what you're doing and let me know when you guys change things up. Um, so NCO really has been um, a great supporter of UBA for the last couple of years. Um, and we're really, really appreciate appreciated to to have NCO's support in, in this project. Well, thank you again, Ignacio Ayala. Do you want to just quickly say your Facebook page again? Uh, if you search for Yucaya Vecinos and Acción on Facebook, um, okay. it should it should come up. <laughs> or, or go to the NCO uh, North Coast Opportunities and look for your group. Great. Thank you so, so much thank again. You. Um, and, um, I, I just wanted also just give um, an extra thanks to Uva and Nacho for, for all the work that you're doing. And, and one of the things that I um, want to compliment you all on is how adaptive you've been to all of the, I mean, whatever comes up as a top priority for Latino people in our community, you guys are just on top of it. And I um, totally agree that you are a group of powerhouses. It's really incredible. I met 
Lydia Lopez a few years ago. And um, I remember she was talking about Uva when it was like, I think it was pretty much brand new. And she just had like a million ideas and all of them were like revolutionary. Uh, <laughs> it's been really cool to see you just, uh, you have so much good like follow through and just really make things happen in the community for Latino mm -hmm. people. Um, I just really admire the adaptive spirit and the. Yeah. Um, thank, yeah. thank you guys. Like one, the very, um, one last 30 second story. <laughs> the um, very first thing we did as soon as um, COVID happened in April, um, March was we made over 300 masks handmade um we had some volunteers that gave us materials some uva members and other community volunteers made those masks but we distributed them throughout ukiah throughout willis throughout mendocino county um and that's something that we would have done and we didn't have funding for it and we did it so nco you know doing what they're doing right now is is amazing um but yeah we're here for the community and we just want everybody to um to stay safe Thank you again, Ignacio. Let Thank me just you. take a moment to let everyone know you are listening to Wild Oak Living on KZYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. This is Johanna Weldock. I'm the host and producer of the program. My guests today have, uh, have included uh, Lucy Kramer from North Coast Opportunities Community Wellness. She's the program manager of a mini-grant program uh, to promote mask awareness uh, and and uh, COVID and 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 safe you know safe living in the pandemic, and uh, Lucy Kramer has been telling us about some of the the program and some of the grant recipients. Ignacio Ayala, whom you've just heard, is with uh, Ukaya Vecinos on on Acción, um, and you've heard some of the amazing things that they're doing there. We're going to be joined, uh, we have two more guests to talk with us this morning. Uh, we're going to be joined in a moment by Savannah Gibson, who's going to be telling us what she's doing as part of this grant program at KZYX. And then we're going to spend the rest of the hour with Annie Liner to talk about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, both their role as, as a mini-grant recipient for the Mask Awareness Program, but also some of the many other amazing things that that organization is doing to support primarily the ch children and families in our community. So um, let's uh, go to, to uh, Savannah now. Welcome to Wild Oak Living, Savannah. Tell us what's happening at KZYX as part of this mask awareness program. Um, so one of the things I'm working on at KZYX is turning the local coronavirus update into an accessible podcast. Um, so that was one of the main things I was brought on for. We wanted to make... Um, the radio show more accessible to people put it up somewhere where they can go back and listen to it if they weren't able to tune in for the day to get the local numbers and the rundown on how the county's doing um so that and was that's like the program that's that's every uh monday wednesday and friday afternoon right yeah at three at three p.m with mm -hmm. um yeah with dr colfax and um dr andy corin um, and then the other thing that I was brought on to work on was the youth arts outreach show. And so one of the main goals with that, besides giving local youth a platform to showcase their art, was to help spread awareness about COVID-19 and make sure that they know about guidelines and how to follow them and make sure to put out a PSA that encourages them to kind of stay within those bounds. And Savannah, if you don't mind my saying so, you you are one you are a young person, uh, and and I just am curious uh, 
what inspired you to go into radio and to specifically engage on this program of reaching out to uh, to to young people? Um, well, I've always been really interested in media and working in some sort of area that involved that. Um, and I met Alicia just through a couple friends who ended up knowing her and she ended up needing somebody to work on the podcast. And it just like basically just lined up perfectly that I was looking for a job and was really interested and she needed somebody at the same time. Um, and so I was really happy to come on. And also I like, I was aware that a lot of my peers and people I knew were kind of uninformed and didn't know what was going on and they didn't really have a lot of representation here. And so I wanted to be able to provide that for them. I love the the public service announcement that you recorded that is directed specifically to young people. The first the first time I heard it, I I, I was just blown away because it's so innovative and so um, it's, It's so real. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So did did you did you uh, did you like what what how what what were your thoughts in terms of how you would do that to actually reach young people? Um, I wanted and not to just make it like another boring public service announcement. Right. I wanted to make sure that it kind of felt like I was having a conversation with them instead of just like scolding them and like telling them what to do. You kind of want to make it them feel like they're like in like some sort of conversation um and also just like you want to like get on our level you don't want to act like you're better than or like because you're older you have like more of a say over them like kind of just getting on their level and saying yeah. like hey like I'm a young person too and you should really be like following these things and like here's how and like I know it sucks for you guys like I know that you're all lonely and like you can't see people and like you want to go out and do these things but here's ways to avoid that and you can do these fun things instead and they're good for you too and just mm -hmm. kind of joke around and make them feel comfortable with the topic. Well you did a great a great job with that. Are there any, are there any other activities in in the plans at at KZYX as far as a, a part of the grant or 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 other COVID response type activities? Um, that the next thing the the only thing I can think of is that I had an I um, did an interview with a couple other youth on the coast about their mask up project over there that I'm hoping to include in the youth arts outreach program and then possibly um, piece that together into a new COVID PSA um, to reach more youth and kind of have more young people come in to speak about it. So I'm pretty excited to edit that. Great. And and what, what time is your program again? Um, the youth arts outreach show is on the next one is on Monday, December 21st at 3.30 p.m. Great. Well, uh, is is there anything else that you'd like to share with us, Savannah? No, I think that's all. Great. Well, I, I so appreciate you joining us this morning. I know you have a busy college schedule and uh, and you're already probably spending way too much time on Zoom. So I really appreciate <laughs> your spending some time with us this morning. Savannah Gibson, who is at KZYX working on some youth outreach uh, and, and podcasting programs and doing her own program now. Thank you yes, so much, Savannah. Thank you so much. All right. Well, you are listening to Wild Oak Living. We have been uh, discussing um, mask awareness and uh, outreach. Um, and uh, I'd like to now invite uh, Annie Liner to join us from the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. Uh, the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, of course, is an organization that has been around for a long time.
how many years now, Annie? Uh, we're starting our 29th year. Wow. And you are an all-volunteer organization that is uh, doing a, 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 a wide variety of, of, of things. Um, let's start by talking uh, what you're doing as part of this uh, uh, mini-grant program, and then we will go into some of the other things that you're doing and, and some of the issues that you see that need support. Uh, when COVID first um, arrived in the United States, uh, many people on the coast very, very quickly um, got together and started a mask program. And people were sewing from home, uh, taking fabric that they had accumulated as quilters and as uh, fabricators and um, taking out sewing machines that they had not used for years. And we were contacted um, on the North Coast by uh, Helena Thornton and uh other women who were sewing and we said we'll raise the money you do the sewing don't even bother to worry about where the money is going to come from we'll take care of that because we just felt that that effort totally needed support and there was also a wonderful group under amy taylor that was working on the south coast and we did the same thing we raised some money and sent it to them and really that was a wonderful effort to start bringing the whole community together in terms of awareness. Uh, we also are members of uh, volunteer organizations that assist in disasters. And this is a national um, organizational uh, network of groups that are volunteer fire departments and organizations like ourselves that come together to work with the county and the cities and um, the Red Cross and Office of Emergency Services. And immediately we all started meeting by Zoom because we realized that we had a very large situation on our hands. So initially through the volunteer organizations that assist in disasters, uh, Mendocino Coast Children said, Mendocino Coast Children's Fund said, we will take the responsibility for delivering masks the same mass that we're delivering now with Lucy uh, for the west side of the county. And so we started in March making sure that the fire departments and the schools and um, just about any organization that we could think about, uh, senior centers had access to uh, this very, very valuable resource of these white masks that are package five in a package so wrapped in a very sanitary fashion. And um, from that, our involvement with the Mass Project has continued to grow. Um, to date, we have either delivered or scheduled over 100 boxes. I, I don't have my spreadsheet right in front of me, but we're literally, as soon as we can get boxes labeled, we are getting them delivered. And we've taken sort of a different approach uh, to how we're getting them out because we have such a large area to cover here on the west side of the county and we need to use as many volunteers as possible um we're, our population is not as concentrated as it is uh inland where you have cities like willits and ukiah so we have a lot of distance to cover so we um started with getting in touch with mendocino express which is our local trucking company and they agreed that they would pick masks up for us Every time they go to Ukiah, they will swing by and um, 
make sure to put masks on their truck, which is very helpful. That's a typical example of the kinds of relationships that the Children's Fund has. Um, Matt Kendall from the Sheriff's Office makes sure that if he's coming over or one of his sheriffs, he's more than willing to uh, put material on his vehicles to get them over to this side of the county so that we can get them to Point Arena and we can get them to uh, Fort Bragg and to Mendocino and all the little communities in between. We thought about how are we going to reach people that are in harder to serve populations. Um, the whole issue of masks has been fraught with all kinds of political and cultural attitudes. And we wanted to make sure that we were not provoking those, that we were widening the circle, that we were inviting more people in. And we wanted to make sure that masks were delivered by trusted people that people already knew in their communities. So we started working with the churches. And we reached out to all of the churches and, and uh, religious groups in our community and said, we know that you have uh, elderly um, congregants and people that maybe uh, are afraid to go out into stores and afraid to go into restaurants because and afraid to see the doctor because they don't feel adequately protected. So could we please uh, share masks with you? And they were wonderful about saying, yes, please bring us a box or two and we'll make sure that through our women's organization or through our staff or through our volunteers that these masks get delivered. We start working with our Mexican restaurants. We felt, where are people going out into the community where they need to interface and be protected and perhaps do not have access to masks? And so we started asking our uh, Latino restaurant owners to put masks in every to-go order. And that's been very successful. Um, when people come to pick up their to-go order, they're immediately asked, do they need masks? How many family members do they have? And they're just added to the order for people. Um, we started working with our pharmacies. We're very fortunate that one of our board members is uh, owns the three independent pharmacies on the west side of the county, which is the Coast Pharmacy next to the Adventist Health Mendocino Coast Hospital, uh, Village Pharmacy, which is located right inside of Mendoza's at Harvest, which is the main grocery store for the village of Mendocino, and the, a new pharmacy in Gualala because the South Coast had no pharmaceutical services. And so the, Gary and his wife Kelly, who's a pharmacist, opened up a pharmacy just recently in Gualala to take care of the South Coast area so people could get prescriptions without having to travel to Ukiah or Santa Rosa. So we're distributing masks through those three pharmacies because we feel like those people are already medically vulnerable and they're at more risk. And so we, every time someone comes now to pick up a prescription, a uh, person who is the person dispensing that prescription to them asks if they need masks for their household and encourages them to come back and get them again if for any reason they need more. And these masks, as I think, you know, was probably shared, are there's five in a packet. So initially when we started in March, we were providing five to a household. We weren't really thinking about the fact that, no, really you need five per person because you need at least enough to rotate through three, four, five days and be able to have some that are washing and drying. And so Lucy's program has just been phenomenally valuable for us because when we started, we were starting by buying masks ourselves. 
uh, you know, making masks ourselves back in March. Um, we brought in a lot of masks uh, because we were concerned also about smoke. At the time, we had the wildfires happening. Yeah. And so it was a double whammy of COVID and smoke inhalation and how that was going to affect, you know, people's lungs. And so um, we're, as soon as we can get boxes of masks over here, we're turning around and getting them out. And people are extremely thankful. Uh, these masks are very comfortable that NCO is uh, distributing. They come, uh, I believe it was probably mentioned, through FEMA. Um, it's easy to adjust them for children. You can simply make the loop smaller by tying a knot. Uh, people that are adept at sewing can, you know, customize them. Uh, one of the things we did to encourage children particularly to use them is we've been distributing them two ways, one through the school districts, and particularly in the school districts through the food boxes that are going home with children in lieu of the free and reduced meals that they used to get on campus. Children are now getting boxes for their families that have um, a week's supply of breakfasts and a week's supply of lunches. Well, we try and put some kind of Cracker Jacks item in, in that box every week. The Children's Fund provides um, different resources because we really want families to take part in that situation. People are so financially stressed already that if they can be participating in the food program through the schools and also through our wonderful food bank, it's very helpful to stretching their dollars. We want to make sure that children have good nutrition because it keeps their immune system up. Well, we've been putting masks in the boxes and we've been adding um, fabric pens so the kids can decorate the masks themselves and they can make them uniquely their own. And, you know, we also feel that that encourages, a, you know, maybe a, a grandpa who is a little hesitant to wear a mask. If his six-year-old grandchild is making a mask for him, he's going to wear that mask. I'm a grandmother yeah. with eight grandchildren. If my youngest grandchild makes me a mask, there's no way that I'm going to deny her the pleasure of wearing that wonderful mask that she has made for me. And it allows children to hold on to their identity. You know, it's a very different experience for someone in, who's my age, and you know, 70, almost 76, to see someone wearing a mask, I will recognize perhaps enough of their body language or their facial features that I can see to know who they are. But it's really hard for children to become anonymous, to lose their identity because they're wearing a mask and people don't recognize them anymore. And, you know, that's not an experience that we as adults have had, but many children are having. And when you think about 10 months in a child's life, that is a huge amount of time to be obscure. And so we love the idea that children can create their own masks that say, hey, here I am. We may be going through this, but I'm still me, and I'm going to wear my mask so that you can see that it's still me because I've been able to put my name on it or a flower or a butterfly or a fish or something that says when I'm on Zoom with my classmates, hey, this is me over here. It's me. I have my mask. Let me show you what I created. And so we have to create a new way of acknowledging people as we go through this and masks take away identity and we need to find a way to give people their identity back so that people are willing to be in compliance because it's not just the health issues 
at a physical level that are being affected. It's also the emotional and mental health of children and adults. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very important. Um, let me just remind everyone you're listening to Wild Oak Living. Today we are talking about mask awareness, and uh, we've start, we talked earlier with uh, Lucy Kramer from North Coast Opportunities. She is the program manager of a program of mini grants to community organizations to help promote mask awareness. And we talked to um, uh, Ignacio Ayala from uh, Ukiah uh, Vecinos on Acción. And uh, we're now, and we talked to Savannah Gibson at KZYX, all participants in this mask program, mask awareness program. And we're now talking with Annie Liner of the Mendocino Coast uh, Children's Fund and and talking about their role in in this mask program. We only have uh, Annie. We only have about eight and a half minutes left. So I want to make sure that you also get an opportunity to talk about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund and some of the many other things that you're doing, especially during this time, this cold time of the year, when children, you know, and families need need extra help in terms of staying warm. I know you have a sleeping bag program, and you also. Uh, provide other things to kids and families. I just want you to talk a bit about that and also let people know how they can support you in doing the work that you're doing. Well, one of the things that we are always looking at as an organization is how to engage people uh, at a level that respects their privacy and their confidentiality. Um, And that was true before COVID hit and is certainly true now uh historically in the past when we came to the holiday season and as the days got shorter and nights got colder and it got wetter we were always concerned about children sleeping warm because when children are not sleeping warm it affects their immune system and they're more likely to get an upper respiratory infection and ear infection bronchitis we have a very high rate of um asthma in mendocino county for children one of the highest in the state uh 13 percent of our children have asthma so we have always been concerned about health issues we distribute uh sleeping bags to children to make sure that they're sleeping warm because families now particularly now cannot afford to heat their homes and we know that if we can keep a child warm we can keep a child out of the emergency room and keeping a child out of the emergency room right now is something that impacts all of us because every time a child has to be evaluated at that level it's taking time from our frontline emergency room and clinic physicians that are needed by the entire community so we have distributed hundreds of sleeping bags uh we've done it through the food bank and through the um, schools um kids love them Uh, It allows a child to have a warm, snuggly place for themselves. And even if the family cannot afford to keep the heat on in the evening, if we can keep that child warm, we can keep that child healthier. We've also distributed over $100,000 in value in terms of clothing to children because it's very, very hard for families economically right now. And children still grow regardless of the fact that they may be at home. They are still growing. They still need new shoes. They still need new winter jackets. They need clothing. And so we were able to get a grant uh, through an organization called Good360 and through um, many clothing manufacturers who had supply chain surplus because people stopped going into stores to shop and people start staying home. And so it changed uh 
the supply demand ratio for clothing, we were able to bring in all this new clothing for children. We have a relationship with our local shoe store because whenever possible, we want dollars spent locally. And we have working through our schools and our school counselors, uh, children are identified whose families are having a hard time economically and cannot provide the things that their children need. And those things are distributed through our school counselors. We make sure uh, we have put uh, over $100,000 into feeding children since COVID started. Uh, we paid for the summer feeding program staffing at Fort Bragg Unified Schools because the USDA was willing to provide food for children this summer, but not to pay for the employees that had to pre prepare that food. And so Fort Bragg Unified became the uh, key district for the the North Coast, all children in Mendocino Unified, all children in Fort Bragg Unified, all children in private schools could get meals over the summer through Fort Bragg Unified. But again, staff had to be paid. And so we paid over $30,000 to keep that program going. We uh, give money on a regular basis to our partner, the Fort Bragg Food Bank to make sure that non-food items can go into the boxes for families. That means hygiene items. Uh, it means um, shampoo, underarm deodorant, uh, soap, uh, household cleaning items. We have distributed um, countless uh, uh, gift certificates to local grocery stores, particularly to Harvest Market, who works with us as a partner. And we have bought thousands and thousands of dollars worth of diapers that are distributed through the food bank. Uh, to date, we have distributed over $600,000 and um, that's money that has all been raised by the Children's Fund. We do not take government funds. We're a grassroots organization. We want the decisions about how to take care of our community to come from our community. And um, we really need help. We really need help. Um, we're doing Christmas right now on top of the sleeping bags. We're trying to get toys to every family in need on the coast. We're working with our amazing partners. We have over 75 partners on the coast. They become our volunteer crew. Uh, we do the fundraising and we do the program design, and then we turn to our partners for implementation. And so right now we are working with the food bank and with churches and with the preschools and special ed programs, and particularly with migrant ed. Uh, we're working with Migrant Ed to get masks out, and we're working with Migrant Ed to make sure that resources get to the families that are not being served through the governmental programs because they are undocumented and therefore don't qualify. So if this Christmas you would like to make life a little warmer, a little sweeter, a little safer for children and for families, uh, and therefore for all of us, because... You know, we are, children live in families and families live in communities and communities uh, can only be healthy if we take care of each other and of everybody in our community. So if you would like to help, it's very easy to go to our webpage. You can just Google Mendocino Coast Children's Fund or you can type in mccf.info. MCCF. And that will bring you right. Our, it's not ORG, it's INFO. That is yeah. the extension MCC for our webpage. MCCF.info. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes the sound um, drops out, which is why I'm repeating it. 
I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. It's hard for people to hear. Um, but MCCF are the initials for Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. And dot .info, info will give you all the information that you need to find us. You can also find us by calling us at 707-937-6111, 707-937-6111, or you can email us at mccf at mcn.org. So you can call us, you can find us on the web, you can email us. If you reach out to us, we'll be right back to you. We're glad to answer any questions that you have. If you have resources for children, we're very glad to talk to you about that. We really could use funding right now to take care of kids. We have a long, very cold, very dark winter ahead of us. Um, we have a lot of families that are extremely stressed. And uh, we're trying to take care of as many families as possible because the healthier we can keep our families the healthier we can keep the whole community thank you so much andy liner from the community no coast children's fund again mccf.info is the website thank you lucy kramer from north coast opportunities the website there is uh let's see uh, ncoinc.org ncoinc.org 